Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hello, caffeinators. Happy Monday. It's uh, it's the first Monday in May, Dave. How's it going out there? It's going great out here. The weather is warming up. Perfect things for my mental health is to just get outside and be yep. out in the sunshine and go for some runs and, and just be out in the farm and, and doing little projects. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this weather. This is my, one of my favorite times of the year. Agreed. How are you doing it's, out there? Same. It's it's uh, it's a beautiful eighty something degrees here today, and uh, I'm actually off today, which is which is wonderful to be off on a day that it's nice like this. I <laughs> sat outside in the sun earlier with the beer and just relax for a little while. So um, just really nice to sit outside and soak up the sun. Yeah. So um, good times. But uh, super excited because here we are. Um, you know, in May last year we did this big series, I guess you could say, for for Mental Health Awareness Month, and and we're doing it again this year. And I'm really happy to to just kind of be able to continue to do this and find incredible people to talk to about yeah. this very important subject in our field. And we've got another humdinger of an episode today I'm super excited about. Yeah, me too. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to get all these these episodes out, but I'm, I'm yeah. really happy to get started and kind of get, get into it and dive on in. Yeah, and, and I, I was going to say too, I see so many, I don't know if it's because I'm clued into it now or if it's just be, if it's actually gaining momentum and, and gathering steam. But just earlier today, I saw on Instagram on the NFL's page that they had a big mental health awareness oh, really? initiative. Yeah, and yeah. I, I thought that was super cool. And it was uh, like a feature of about a player, I think he plays for the Colts and, and like him telling his story with mental health and, and uh, you know, as, as a football player. And I just thought that was super cool. That, yeah. that we're seeing this now in other areas other than, you know, just kind of where I always see it, which is in our field. But yeah. um, I, I think that's a, a really positive thing that we're seeing it in other areas. So I think it's a combination of both. I think it, it we are more aware of it just because we're we're focusing on it. But right. but I think in the in the grand scheme of things, I, I think mental health is taking big strides for awareness uh, nice. just overall. I, I yeah. think that's everywhere. I certainly hope so. So yeah. super excited for today's episode. Um, another great episode for, for our mental health and just kind of workplace things and all of that kind of stuff. We have um, Carla Fernandez coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today in RVT here in California. Um, she's up in the Bay Area. She's been a veterinary technician for 18 years. Um, started her career as a um, in a volunteer rescue organization, rehab and care supervisor. Um, was a council member there for 12 years at the Marine Mammal Center in uh, Sausalito, California. Continued on as a veterinary technician and is now what we're what we're going to largely be talking about today. Um, is very involved with Not One More Vet. Yeah, was a moderator for Not One More Vet support staff in 2019, and then uh, super cool joined the Not One More Vet board of directors last That's year. Awesome in 2020. Um, really, really cool accomplishment for an RVT. For those of you that aren't aware, like 
RVTs on veterinary boards don't happen all the time in any walk of the profession. So anytime that happens, that's a, that's, that's a really, really, really high achievement. So she does a lot of really cool stuff. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the Not One More Vet movement today. But when not wrangling dogs and cats, she's a semi-professional fine art and wildlife photographer, which sounds super cool, and urban gardener on the coast of the Bay Area. So Carla, thank you so much for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe and talking to us today. Uh, what can we get you for a cup of coffee to start out? How about a good medium roast with um, a quarter cup of cream? All right. Oh, wow. I like hey, it. Jeff, we never talked about what we're drinking. What do you have oh, out yeah. there? Uh, uh, what terrible uh, coffee are you drinking today? <laughs> um, I have I have a cup of uh, my Door County uh, orange cream right now, um, which is like it's got some citrus, but it's it's nice bold coffee flavor. So it's, it's good on a hot summer day, though. Um, I, I just don't... I, I know you I don't, don't understand like... your palate at all. I, I just don't I understand know, it. I know. Uh, what, what do you have? Do you have a, a cup of Sip of Hope? A Sip of Hope, French roast, dark in the French press, iced coffee. My nice. standard, you know? Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so, Carla, as we start out here, um, if you don't mind, kind of take us through your career path. Because we found as, as we've been doing this, so many people do so many different things. And I think that actually helps you know, shine a light on all the different things the people can do in veterinary medicine that we don't often think about. So if you don't mind, take a few minutes, kind of what got you into veterinary medicine, some, some stops along the way, uh, all the way up to what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me guys. Yeah. Um, so I actually started as a pre-med student in college. I was going to go into uh, pediatric medicine. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I decided, Hey, I want to take care of kids, you know, take care of <laughs> pediatric cancer, uh, pediatric ER, that was my goal. That was my thought, you know. Wow. Finished college, and I was like, hmm, I don't know about this human stuff. <laughs> and and then reality set to, and I didn't have the um, financial funds to keep going with something like that, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So I took, a, I took a break. I spent some time actually kind of finessing my photography. After that break, I did something off my bucket list. I went and volunteered at the Marine Mammal Center. That's amazing. And I, yeah, it's like sea lion seals, right? Who yeah. doesn't want to work with yeah, the sea lion? Yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah. But myself, I went into it pretty hardcore, and I decided to get into rescue, rehabilitation. Anything that was offered, I would take it. So I became a supervisor after three years as a crew member and then spent the rest of my 12 years being volunteer supervisor, with the uh, veterinary medicine part of everything, rehabilitating the uh, patients, and then um, just learning about veterinary medicine, large animal veterinary medicine, but everything you would do for small animals, right? Mm -hmm. So I would sit there and say, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I gonna do? So I decided, and I would watch all the veterinary technicians around me. They were amazing women and men. <laughs> and I said, I could do this, but also thought, you know what, I wanna take care of cats and dogs. I didn't want to stay as a uh, veterinary technician for large animals. I wanted to give back to my community in another way and also honestly make a living out of it. So went to uh, Foothill College out in Los Altos here in California. They have a great veterinary technology program. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Great students, great people. And one of the volunteers, actually, she's one of the uh, professors out there too. So she was a big influence as well. So did that and went and applied for my first job and started in primary wellness, so otherwise known as a GP. 
I've never heard it called yeah. primary wellness. You know, I like that term because it is true. It's what yeah. we do. Yeah, it is. It's a very appropriate term. Yeah. 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 So I spent three years there in a really great practice. And they um, actually, the practice owner was grooming every technician to become a specialty technician. That oh. was his goal. So he wanted us to learn all of the uh, basics, go to school, you pay for all the CEs, you could become the best technician you could be. And after two and a half years, I decided to go into specialty medicine. So I joined a specialty practice out here in the Bay Area, where I became a, a hybrid technician, where I, <laughs> I was um, working in internal medicine and oncology. I was fulfilling my goals as a person, but with a different species. So spent a lot of time dedicating myself to internal medicine, oncology, dabbling in surgery and ER as well. So I spent almost about 11 years in specialty and then got out of it and went back to what I call primary wellness again. (laughs) (laughs) For a reason, for a reason, there are different goals. I saw what the veterinary profession was becoming, what it wasn't becoming, and felt that I wanted to do something about it. I decided to follow up with Dr. Carrie Journey, who's the president of Not One More Vet, and told her, hey, Carrie, I want to help you. And this was back in 2018. This is when we're trying to develop a uh, group for support staff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we have now is Not One More Vet support staff. Right. And then finally, in October of 2019, we launched our what we call NaviSS on a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And now we have up to 4,000 plus members. Wow. And growing, from what I yeah. understand. And, and growing every day. Yeah. Wow. wow. Literally. You, you mentioned in there, Carla, um, your time at the, the Marine Mammal Center and, and at Foothill College. And, and there was uh, somebody, I think you, you maybe mentioned a mentor in there. I wonder if it might be Sandy Gregory. She served on the, the California RVT Association board with me for several years. And she's a, just an absolutely wonderful individual. So when, when you said the Pacific Marine Mammal Center and Foothill College, that was, the, that was the first name that came to my mind. So I was, I was curious if it was her. Yes, Sandy was instrumental for me to feel confident in building a career instead of it just being a tech. You're not just a tech. There's so many things you can do. Yeah. Just not just a job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And and you also mentioned in there the, the path you saw veterinary medicine going, what, what what did you see there? Can you elaborate more about that? So for me specifically, I saw that a lot of technicians weren't getting the support that they needed. Hmm. And hence then this would affect the pet parents, it would affect the medicine towards the patients. So I felt that even though I was personally making a change, that was within me, but I felt like I wanted to help my peers. Maybe not the people I was directly working with, but maybe people that are up and coming in this field or people who actually are thinking about going into specialty or whatever avenue in this profession. Mm, Gotcha. But for me, it was, um, I never became burnt out. I think I became... And we talk about mental wellness for myself. I became very sad at the things I was seeing occur to not just myself, but other members of the team I worked with, watching other technicians quietly deal with things that we should have all dealt with together. Mm, yeah, I, I definitely can relate with that. And so as we think about uh, your career path and, and you know how we've gotten to where we are, and, and we're going to get into the Not One More Vet uh, topics, but where do you see the veterinary technician profession right now like what is your what is your outlook on it we've had a lot of different answers for this some some have i don't want to say negative 
outlooks on it, but some have very positive outlooks on it in, in contrast to some that, that say that there's there's a lot we need to fix. So what, what's your take on it? I'll agree with everybody else and who's said about there's a lot that we need to fix. I mean, nothing mm. is nothing's perfect, but nothing is too far gone, I don't think, to be able to fix. For me, I think it's the profession's in a point of... Uh, transition at the same okay. time growth and also it's actually becoming open to support that's where i think it is i think it's actually finally waking up and saying hey i want to do this but i don't want to do this alone yeah. i don't want to be that rogue that tech if you will i want to be part of a team and i want to make a contribution yeah we always say veterinary technician or, or veterinary profession is is a team sport we can't we can't do it by ourselves no nor should we try. Yeah, we shouldn't try either. Exactly. But you'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I I mean, I think about even my, my time in academia and, you know, thinking about so many young veterinary professionals, you know, just kind of not even, you know, embarking yet on their careers as they're still students. And just thinking like, gosh, I... I hope uh, I hope we're doing a good job of preparing you for for what lies ahead, not just the medicine, but the the life, the profession, so on and so forth. So uh, somewhere in there, it sounds like something kind of switched for you, where where mental health kind of started to become a focus and something you really wanted to pursue with Doctor Journey. So is there is there like one thing that kind of happened, or was there just kind of this building? that said, hey, this is what I want to kind of pursue here. This is a direction I want to go. What what made mental health become such a focus for you? What happened was the day that someone said that they no longer felt that I was having fun. Mm. And it was more of a conversation starter. And she was just trying to reach out and ask me what was going on. And for me, it was more that I finally admitted that I was ignoring my own mental health, that I thought I was not invincible, but impermeable to what we say, like what happens in the back. I was my best outside of the treatment area with the clients, pet parents, all the patients, anything that had to do with the front aspect of the hospital. In the treatment area, it was a whole different life for me. And as much as I tried to trudge through it all, I finally had to tell myself that I couldn't and that I actually needed to reach out and say, I need some help. I need to figure something out. And everything that had been happening for many years finally just surfaced and I had to say, I can't handle things like the bullying. I can't handle the um, imposter syndrome. You know, I can't handle the feeling of I don't belong. And I kept telling myself for a long time that it was in my head, but then it really wasn't. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us tell ourselves that. And then but the reality is it's it's not. I think it's or, or at least it's in everybody's head. You know, I don't know which which is the right answer. But yeah. yeah. And then when I realized that it wasn't the only one, that's when I said, no, I need to do something. And then I realized that I wasn't the only one who felt the same way who wanted to do something. Hmm. You know, I met Liz Houston years ago. And she gave me that feeling that there's something there. And it was we both agreed that something needed to be done. And I just followed her on and on. And she became an inspiration for me as far as like, where are we taking this profession? Yeah, we've, we've had Liz on a couple of times to kind of talk about a couple of those, those different issues. And I can completely understand why you were, why you felt that way, because she's, she's one of those, she's a very, very influential person in our field for sure. And you, you, you mentioned imposter syndrome and, and you know, it, it's, it is so rampant in this field. Uh, I can't think of many, maybe one or two people that I know of in the field that have not experienced imposter syndrome right. at some point in their career. I'm, all three of us, obviously. But the, there's very few people that don't have that 
feeling of, of I don't belong or I don't I didn't achieve what I achieved. You know, we we there was a there was a someone we studied with Jeff. I I can't remember who it was, but you know how we have to uh, grade the exam every year. Mm-hmm. There was someone that was afraid of grading the exam because she thought that she would get answers wrong and then right. she would get kicked out. Right. Um, which you know all the work that that we did, all the work that everyone does. To getting to where they are, it, it's all valid and valued. And mm-hmm. imposter syndrome is is such a huge thing. And, and we kind of joke about it. You know, it, it's something, oh, yeah, of course I have that. But it, it's something we really need to address, I think, yeah. and, and not yeah. be so flippant about it and kind of take to heart that you, you do belong here and you you are valued and you are worthy of, of everything you've accomplished. It's, it's something that I think probably needs more attention than it's getting. Yeah, agreed. I agree. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's like I was functioning and being the best at what I was doing. I wasn't worried about my performance, but something was missing. I was going to yeah. say some, some of that just comes from we have such high expectations of ourselves. And when we're not absolutely perfect, it, it's hard to it's hard to accept that. I don't know if that's just the breed of the veterinary technician or, or what it is, but there's something about about the, about this field that makes us feel <laughs> that way. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I wonder. I, I. I mean, I certainly haven't done any research on it. And if you, if either of you have, please let me know. I'm curious to know, like, if other professions out there, by and large, suffer from that kind of feeling as well. As if if imposter syndrome is is rampant among human medical professionals, or I don't know, professional athletes, or I mean, really any prof- any profession yeah. where you have to be like the, the the top of the top to get there. I wonder if it's as big of a thing or if it's one of those things that's like, for some reason, veterinary professionals, it's just one of those weird things that we have. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to research that. <laughs> I, I have I have heard of it in other professions. Have it, not, you have? Okay. Not, nothing, like, nothing that I can bring up to say, oh, it happens in human nurses. It happens gotcha. in <laughs> these other fields. But I, sure. I do know it's out there in other fields. Gotcha. So huh, you're you're now you're now on the board of Not One More <clears throat> Vet, and yep. obviously your relationship with Dr. Journey was was part of that. But what led you to you becoming a board member? How did that come about? Was that something that you campaigned for, or is that something that they kind of said, "Hey, we need a, a RVT on this on this board," and reached out to you, or or how did that actually happen? They did need and want an RVT on the board. They wanted a technician. They wanted to bring the technician voice. To the yeah. board you know and at some point every company wants to diversify and include different aspects of any profession or any person right mm-hmm. onto a board of directors and dr journey came to me and asked me if this is something that i would be interested in campaigning for and i said let me get back to you <laughs> <laughs> um and you know i was i was honored to have that question be posed but i really had to think about it it's a big responsibility. It's a big thing to think about uh, as far as what my role would be and, and what would people think. And actually, you know, being really transparent here, the first thing I thought was, what are my colleagues and people going to think? Mm-hmm. Are they going to think? I wasn't overjoyed, to be really honest with you. This is the first time I say this out loud. The only other person I said this to was a close friend. And I said to myself, what are people going to say? Instead of saying to myself, this is great. This is awesome. You know, I could do so much. This is what I've been waiting for my whole career, to be quite honest. But I was dreading it. So after talking to this friend of mine, she put me in the right place and said, no, you deserve it. I'm behind you. Whoever isn't behind you, that's okay. Not everybody, you know, you're not going to be liked by everybody. And there's a bigger mission at stake. So I accepted the uh, proposal from Dr. Journey and 
went through the process of trying to get nominated to be on the board, sent in my bio, my CV, everything, you know, for them to look at my qualifications and they um, all unanimously agreed, hmm. thankfully. Hmm. Yeah. And what were you worried about your colleagues thinking about this position? Like a, as a, a negative thing or as a, what, what was your thought process there? Thought process was what's something I see about mental health in our profession is that if someone gets promoted, someone gets a raise, then someone's going to be upset. Mm. And then someone's going to bully you and say, well, why did he or she get that? Why did they get that? Mm, yeah. What mm -hmm. made them, what made them qualify for that? Right. Why are they knock, better knock you down. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Is that feeling of like, mm. is someone going to knock me down? And you know what, guys, I got nothing but love, appreciation. And that's amazing. Support. Yeah. That's, that's I, I love I hearing was, that. Yeah. I was flabbergasted. So it made me feel great. It made me feel like I had more steam in my engine to actually do this. Yeah. So it made me happy. That's awesome. It sounds like you've had a couple of uh, incidents where imposter syndrome has reared its head and the people around you have, have rallied around you and said, nope, you deserve to be here. You deserve this. Uh, so I, yep. I think that's amazing that you have that support group around you. I do. I'm it's really, really, really encouraging to hear. Yeah. Yeah, immensely fortunate one question i have so with you being on the the not one more vet board how does that translate or does it translate at all to any engagement or activity if you will with the not one more vet support staff side of things is that are you kind of like a liaison between the groups are, are they completely separate what is your kind of involvement between the two there or or in just the support staff form of, of not one more vet so not one more vet and not one, one more vet support staff it's part of the whole group but okay. at this time because veterinarians have very specific needs that they're trying to figure out with mental wellness and the same thing with technicians things are separate as far as the groups go as far mm -hmm. as communication and peer-to-peer -peer support okay so where you have not one more vet you have peer-to-peer -peer, you know dvm with dvm now vss Basically, it's peer to port, tech to tech, tech to assistant, tech to practice manager, tech to kennel attendant. We're encompassing everyone who is not the DVM. Okay. Um, so for me, the way I started with non-V in general was I'm still a um, moderator and admin for non-VSS. So I'm still a big part of that. And with the board, I guess you could say that I am a bit of a liaison between the group. But on a day-to-day -day basis with non-VSS, I am handling things with the team leaders mm. as far as day-to-day -day, things like the anonymous posts, things sure. that, you know, moderating posts and things like that on the group. Have there been any, um, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, I, I, I want to say it was October of 2019 that uh, non-V support staff launched somewhere in there. I remember, Dave, we talked to Liz about it in our in our mm -hmm. first episode yep. we did with her. Are, are there any posts, and you don't you don't necessarily have to, you know, name them or, or call them out, but any, have, do you see posts like regularly in there that just absolutely resonate with you that, that you think... I could have written this post because I know I sure do sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Same. Every day. Yeah. yeah. Every day, actually. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. yeah. I, I, every, maybe one in five posts, I can look at it and say, yep, I just thought this maybe five years ago. Mm. Or I just thought this an hour ago. Yep. And I know you guys have a lot of what they call anonymous posts. How does somebody mm -hmm. go about doing that, making that anonymous post? I've never understood that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain the, the details of it for you. <laughs> so... We have the non-VSS Facebook group. Right. From that group, 
there's a subgroup, the not one more vet staff support anonymous group, whatever posts. Mm. It's a long name. So there's a link. You can find all these links are really well organized and presented on the group. Um, everything is highlighted. Everything is, you can just click on it and find the topics really quick and basically go to that link. It'll take you there. And then you send a message. It functions through Facebook Messenger. So you're sending oh, okay. a message to, yeah, so you're sending a message to the Anonymous Post team. These are amazing volunteers that are providing what we call a warm line for people to message their whatever thoughts, whatever they want to put, but this is a safe place. And then if they so choose to do, we can post it onto the main page, anonymously, of course, where they end up receiving commentary, support, guidance, um, advice, and providing that peer-to-peer -peer support from hundreds of people saying, hey, I feel the same way. Hey, I know about this. Things like that. Hmm. Things that they might be otherwise afraid to ask someone where they work. And that's very useful for people. Some people would never, ever get the courage to say, I don't feel good today. I don't feel mentally well to be at work, but I'm still here. And it's still good, but I need help. And they do. So when somebody posts this to the anonymous group, do the do the people that moderate that group, are they giving advice? Are they trying to counsel? Or are they basically taking that and then submitting it to non-VSS and saying, hey, hey gang, uh, we've got an anonymous post. Let's let's rally around them and, and, and get them some help. Or, or do they take that internally before they post that? The way it works is that you have people assigned day-to-day -day. you have volunteers assigned mm -hmm. and say for example someone like for example today you know i i'm on ap post today let's give that example okay i'll get a message i'll get a message and i'll read it and i read what the uh, member wants to communicate and sometimes it isn't just i'll post it for you sometimes it is hey how are you what can we do we're here for you before we post anything. Are you sure you want to post this? Uh, can I help you edit this? Because it's still not anonymous enough. But we're there to actually make them feel comfortable about posting because it's not always easy. You can put something out there and it doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't get automatically posted. So there's that time between where we ask people, do you really want to do this? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes even if it's anonymous, you know you're not going to get all the comments you want to read. If you get any comments, some of them might not feel good. Not everybody agrees. So that's where moderation comes into play. And mm. we monitor things. We, we're here to support people. It's supposed to be a safe place. We don't want anyone to feel badgered, bullied, negative about the fact that they're sharing with one another. So once that post is, the person says, yep, I want to post. And if it needs any editing, meaning we want to make it as anonymous as possible, we post it under anonymous. And anybody and everybody who is a member can read it, can comment, can share whatever feelings they want to share with that person without ever knowing who it is. Got it. I will say it's one of the, the few groups on Facebook where 
you know, you scroll through the comments of, of somebody's post and there's not, there's never anything negative that I, that no. I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know if that gets taken out or, you know, if, if it's just naturally everyone is that supportive. And, and I, I'd like to think that if you, if you're part of that group, you're there because you want to be supportive of people and not drag people down. Right. Which, right. which I think is great. Believe it or not, I would say I totally agree with you. Every yeah. time I read it, I'm actually overwhelmed by the kindness that comes out. Just yeah someone reading and just wanting to basically give like a virtual hug to someone because yeah. they actually need it. Um, you know what, before we, uh, before we do our next question uh, here, Carla, we're just going to uh, pause for a brief moment here. We have an ad we have to run. So if you don't mind, if you have to get a sip of water or something, please feel free to do so. But we'll, uh, we'll run a quick ad here and we'll be right back. Thank, uh, and we're back. Thank you everybody for, uh, for, for hanging tight during that ad. So, so Carla, what's, what's, um, What's next for Not One More Vetter, or what are they working on right now as far as, you know, projects, or, I mean, I know we did the we did the big Not One More Vet race around the world last year. I'm yep. assuming that's coming again this year. Um, yes, we're going to do that again. Are there, are there any other things that they're, that they're working on, or that are, that are forthcoming that, say, you could talk about? <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, we're working on an educational program. Definitely trying to provide, you know, leadership focused. That's all about wellness, you know, providing, having speakers talk about wellness in this profession. We have our, I don't think a lot of people know about our program. There's a program like um, called the Support Grant Program. So that's a pretty big thing. Okay, cool. Um, so with that program, it actually, the whole reason is to provide immediate financial support for those in need. Okay. Say there's a uh, DVM or a technician that needs help. And they can apply for a grant. And basically, depending on resources, depending on what they need, we'll discuss with them and provide that. So that's one of the things. Cool. Also, there's um, an emergency grant which encompasses how to take care of um, practices that are dealing with emergency situations themselves. Emergency is like natural disasters, earthquakes, tornadoes, okay. hurricanes, and helping a practice go through that as well. Got it. Also, we're launching a um, online crisis support system. At this point, specifically designed for veterinary professionals. So that's one thing we're also working on too. Cool, cool. And is that kind of like getting, I guess, social workers or... or Yep. or mental health professionals to, to help out with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. Yeah, trying to get more help, more resources, yeah. something, you know, where if someone needs that immediate help. Gotcha. Um, you know, of course, uh, Dave, you and I talked, uh, I think we did a taproom episode back in March when, when we had that really, really horrendous week for for veterinary yeah. professionals in terms of like the the not one more vet and then and the not one more vet support staff groups if you will are are there any differences in the way these these kinds of i guess events for lack of a better phrase are are dealt with are handled are addressed or or is it really the same the the same response with just but just two separate groups one for dvms and and one for all the rest of the support staff it's the same as far as the response and i think that's the biggest question right now between is there a difference in the way that dvms and support staff are being treated no it's the same just right now at this point having technicians and doctors in the same group would be a lot to handle as far as yeah. the yeah. influx of messages right. influx of emails and concerns and things like that so are you yeah. having a wrestling match going on over there 
It's the dog. <laughs> it's the dog. She needs to. She needs to go out. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Do you That's need right. to let her out? Yeah. That's all right. That's why we have a patio at the Vet Tech Cafe. That's right. <laughs> We're dog friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. You guys are right. I was just curious if there was if there was any any difference. I, I didn't really think that there would be, but just like as you said, I mean. It almost has to be a separation of groups there just because if you take, you know, if you add all of the support staff, I mean, that could potentially be four or five additional roles within a clinic. Yeah. And so it would just be, yeah, that would be monumental for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, like I was saying, the the, the stressors for veterinarians and sports staff is, is completely they're, they're different. They're very and, different. Yep. Yeah. They're very different. Yeah. And so I was going to say, it's like TVMs, it's just, and it's okay to say this. A lot of people are afraid to say it. It's okay to say that. Like you just said, the stressors are very, very different. Right. Yeah. And the stressors for a tech or support staff just Yeah. Again, very different yeah. as well. Yeah. Not not worse, not better, or not worse, not just easier. Different. Just yeah. different. Yep. Yeah. So are there any say facets of mental health that you have a particular interest in? I, I as I was thinking about having you on, I was like, We we talk about mental health as like this big broad topic, but there's many little facets and little different topics within mental health that that I, I think all need their own attention. So are, are there any facets of mental health that you have a particular interest in, like suicide prevention or anxiety or bullying? Or, or when you think of mental health, what's the first thing that comes to your mind that you want to take care of? Anxiety. Anxiety? Yeah, it's anxiety. And something that's not really talked about is also um, social alienation. Mm. Okay, let's talk so about that a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, elaborate those are the on two that. that always <laughs> on the social alienation. Yeah. yeah. Social alienation is something that we see every day, but we don't tag it, right? Right. You go down to, um, yeah, I grew up in San Francisco. So now when I go to the city, which is 10 minutes away from me, I see on every corner, I see someone homeless. But I don't think that they're homeless. I wonder what happened. Do they have a mental illness? Were they socially alienated? So the same thing happens in our profession. You get a new technician or a new doctor. They are socially alienated. They're not always welcome. They're not always taught. They're not always mm-hmm. brought in as, hey, let me give you a hug. Welcome. Let me give you all the tools you need to be the best technician, to be the best doctor. It's always this whole, hmm, I don't know about this person. Yeah. When instead, we should be handing her, you know, putting our hands out and saying, how can I help you? What? Do you know? What don't you know? What would you like to know? You know, how can I make you feel like a part of this team? But instead, people feel alienated. And it happens, like I said, all the time. I mean, I went to a restaurant two years ago. I was the only person of that ethnic descent. And I was treated like I was weird. Mm -hmm. And I was alienated. I was ignored for about half an hour. I didn't get an order. Wow. Nobody came up to me and asked me if I wanted a refill on my drink. So, yeah. And they weren't being mean. It's not about being mean or being evil or anything like that. They just they just did it mm. because it just happened. It's an interesting idea because we've, we've heard for a long time, I mean, as far back as I can remember being in this field, that, some, that it's, you know, a, a veterinary hospital with a core group of people that have been there for a long time. It's a tough group to crack. Sometimes. Pack of wolves yep. comes it's to a, mind. It, it's a yeah. It's a tough group. <laughs> it's a tough group to get into or to become a part of. Yeah. Or you know, you you hear for you know terms like clicky or uh, yep. what have you. And, and trial I, by I, fire. Right. I've never really thought of of social alienation, but I can I can 
thinking back on some of my previous jobs, I can definitely see it. And I, I've heard yeah, the I've I, heard the phrase "pack of wolves" at, at many jobs that I've yep. worked at. Like, and and you know, the, the manager would kind of say, there, we, "We got a pack of wolves here, so hopefully you'll fit in." Like, hopefully, I mean, like it, like it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fortunately, I. I fit in most places, but I mean, for for somebody else, like that's, I mean, that that's just setting you up for failure. Yeah, it is. And, and, and the whole thing is, I want to change that. Yeah. You know, when I started working in specialty, I was told, this is the bully. So be careful of the bully. <laughs> and I said, the bully. <laughs> so I told myself I wasn't going to be afraid. I wasn't going to try to be her best friend, but I was going to earn her respect. And, and I did. And to this day, she's someone I greatly respect. Because she actually ended up teaching me more than I could ever have learned in school hmm. about how to, you know, all those little tricks you don't learn, you know. Yeah. But it, but I, but not everybody's like that. So I'd like to help people not feel like they have to succumb to being the the meat that's thrown into the pack of wolves. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. It's a good. Well, and you know, and just that what you said there that this is this is the bully. Like, I mean, I'm I'm super excited that it worked out great for you but in the first thought to, that came to my mind was you've identified the bully why aren't you doing something about it like you you exactly you've already named the problem right why are you allowing it to continue why why is that not being addressed but i mean it's amazing that you kind of overcame that and kind of turned that into a positive for you but you know how did that relationship go how did you how did you i don't want to say break her or break him but how did how did you kind of get through that wall I guess the biggest thing was that on top of going into the bully, there was the clique. There were the mean girls. Mm -hmm. It was like your total negative fruit salad there. <laughs> and and the whole thing is like, the question was, how bad do I want this goal for myself? So what do I have to get through? And that's kind of a hard thing to actually know that I had to drop my boundaries to be able to achieve something. Yeah. But in the end... I, the best thing I did was just, I was just myself. I did my yeah. work. I did my best and I respected them and that's all I could do. And if it wasn't going to work out, it wasn't going to work out. It did, thankfully, you know, and, and she didn't eat me. She, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, but becoming a part of the pack was never my intent. My intent was to be part of the team that took care of the people and animal companions that we were supposed to take care of. Yeah. And basically the best thing was to ignore that environmental factor and look for support elsewhere hmm. to talk to the people that weren't like that. Yeah. And I found that. Yeah, you know, that can be a really hard little, thing to do. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, you know, that's another reason why I went back to primary wellness because you got to have people that have been through this to tell someone, hey, it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to go through this. I'm here to help you. That's the whole thing. It's like we have to have, what does Mr. Rogers say? Look for the helpers. Yeah, that's right. Yep. We got to find helpers. and But the thing is that you can find them, but you have to want to be a helper too. Mm -hmm. That's why you know, I'm concerned about things like that, like social alienation. Which leads to anxiety. When you think about, you know, you mentioned earlier on, kind of, I think when you were going through your career path there, um, kind of the, some of the mental health things you saw going on. How do you, if you don't mind us asking, how do you manage your own mental health? How do you look at 
situations in this field or or you were just kind of describing their um, social alienation how do you look at these things and make sure you yourself are taken care of or or you know you look at all of these things that are going on in the profession and you know not spreading yourself too thin and and you know not trying to be involved in too many different places like how do you take care of of these struggles yourself so one thing that I'm open to tell you guys is that I also have an autoimmune disease. So that's a battle that I've been dealing with for the past almost 13 years. Mm-hmm. So self-care has been monumental for me, aside from anything else that I do. So waking up every day consists of self-care. Hmm. Uh, for me, you know, a warm, comfortable shower is self-care. But as far as like what I do entirely for self-care is, it's the small things. My garden is a big place of therapy. I look at it and it brings me peace. Even if the plants don't grow, I still tried. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily they do. <laughs> You're a better gardener um, than I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fertilizer goes a long way. <laughs> you know, uh, cooking. But learn. I try to learn with anything I try to do. I When I cook, I definitely try to... I don't follow recipes. I look at them, but I try to put my own spin on it because it makes me feel like I'm doing something for myself and it keeps my mind clear. I don't, I keep all that noise out from what I dealt with during the day. I try to make it a rule that I don't bring anything from home to work and I don't bring anything from work home. I try, it doesn't always go well, but I try. So self-care are the little things. It's not the big things for me, you know, a good, good, big fat steak. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh you know learning how to grill that thing or talking to a friend that is a big source of support sharing photographs especially in this day and age of what we're dealing with with the pandemic it's become more important to actually enjoy the small things and i do like talking to you guys this is like a highlight of my day (laughs) oh well thank you (laughs) because you're welcome you know meeting people sharing your experiences in your life you know, that's, that's important. That's self-care right there too. For sure. So things like that. Mm. Well, we're getting close to the end of our time. To our, uh, oh, yeah. Are there, are there anything else that you, any other topics or any other subjects you want to get out to our listeners, our caffeinators to, to kind of help move this, this month forward and help, help move mental health care forward before we end, end up here? Yeah. I, I hope all caffeinators sit there, whoever can listen to this, think it's okay to talk about mental wellness, illness, disease, or just mental questions, you know, but if you're afraid, reach out. Not one more vet is a great place to start. Always, there is somewhere and someone you can talk to. You don't have to feel alone. I know we say it all the time that you're not alone, but you really aren't. And someone is always here. Maybe not within the first five, 10 minutes, but Give us an hour. Someone's going to be there. Mm. And we're happy to give you all the resources that we have available to get you through whatever you're struggling and take it literally hour by hour, day by day. Nothing has to be rushed, but there's always someone out there. That's what I want people to remember. It's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Carla, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time out of your day and, and coming by the Vet Tech Cafe to talk about uh, not one more vet and not one more vet support staff and, and the things that are going on there and some of these facets of mental health and imposter syndrome and all of these things because they're 
even today, I, I think with as prevalent as they are or as, as talked about or as well known as they are now, it's still so many people struggle and suffer in silence. And there, there's just so many resources out there now. We just got to figure out a way to take the person and the resource and, and combine them. And I know everybody needs to be reached a little bit differently. So it's wonderful to, to hear of an organization like this that is trying so hard to get access to so many of these resources for people because it's just, it's so, so, so needed in our profession. So mm. thank you. Thank you yes, very thank much, you for, so much for coming by and chatting with us oh. about it. Yep. No, thank you guys for being stewards of our profession too. So I appreciate you guys a lot. Thank, well, you. thank you so much. Well, we're not done just yet. We've got one more question for you, and I know you're a listener, so you know something's coming. Your Vet Tech Cafe Would You Rather question. Are you ready for it? Yep. All right, Jeff, one or two? Um, I, You know, earlier on at the start, I was thinking one, but now I'm kind of thinking now two. Now I'm thinking two as well. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> All right, Carla, here we go. Would you rather have to use cheese-flavored toothpaste or ham-scented deodorant? <laughs> ham... Ham scented deodorant. <laughs> and you'd and rather why? smell like ham than brush your teeth with cheese. Oh yeah, have all the labs coming to my yard. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna say you, you would be the like that that person whoever wore ham scented deodorant would be like favorite tech of the day. Absolutely, like you could do, you would have all of the animals like <laughs> literally eating out of your hand. <laughs> well, in thinking about cheese flavored toothpaste, is isn't that what we have for dogs, or is that is that more like a, a beef or a chicken? I can't remember. Beef chicken yeah. or peanut butter? No, oh, peanut butter flavored toothpaste. Pe- pe- oh, perfect. Pe- pe- <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. There you go. I would oh, take that's that great. <laughs> All right, Carla. Well, thank you again so much for coming by and chatting with us. And, uh, You're welcome. And we really appreciate the time. Um, and I know you you said, uh, we kind of said off air at the beginning, that um, there would be some great links and some great resources. So yes. we'll post those um, with this episode, and we'll post those kind of throughout the month, which will be super fun. So um, caffeinators, keep an eye out for those um, in case anybody needs some support. We've, we've got some good information coming. So everybody out there listening, we hope you're well. Um, thank you again to Carla. Dave, take care of yourself. Yep, and you take uh, care of yourself. Everyone take care of each other. Yeah, absolutely. We're all in this together. Absolutely. And we'll talk to you, everybody, soon. Bye, guys. Hey, caffeinators. We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As you guys are well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession, and we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave and I as the hosts or those opinions expressed by our guests are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, any other business or institution or any other entity with or within the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please feel free to email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com. You can check out our website, vettechcafe.com. And please, whatever podcast form you're using to listen to our episodes, like us, follow us there, like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And lastly, have a great day, caffeinators. You guys are awesome. Bye, guys.